Welcome to the Global Business Women's Pod, brought to you by the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce. I am Susan Dyson and proud to be the CEO, President, and Founder of the Chamber. Please join us for this empowering podcast every Thursday at 6 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome co-founder SLUMU Institute, our next distinguished speaker, Karen Rabinovitz. Hi, everybody, and thank you for being here. Um, I know this is been a long day, and I am going to close it out with some something really fun and really playful, uh, which is this brand, Slumo Institute, that I am bringing to Houston at the Marquee, right where the Regal Cinema and the Dave and Buster's is. It's where the Van Gogh used to be. So I want to tell you about Slumo. You can see some of it on the screen. But before I do, I really want to start with a personal story. And it echoes a lot of things that have been said today, especially about having a purpose and really actually find, finding ways to put something forward that sets something up for those who can follow. About seven years ago, I went through a pretty seismic life tragedy. and. I know you can hear my voice gets shaky. I lost my husband, and it was sudden, and it was very much related to mental health. When you lose somebody in that way, you don't, I don't think you can grieve, like whatever a normal, in quotes, is, because I don't even believe normal exists, but it, you don't grieve in the same way, because you really kind of look at everything that you experience with that person and wonder how you couldn't see something. And you do a lot of self-blame. And I, I had a massive nervous breakdown when this happened because A, I was married to him for 14 years, and B, I didn't really see he was in that much pain. I knew he had struggles, but it never felt that extreme. And... Um, I, I mean, I literally fell apart. I was really ill-equipped to handle this kind of grief. I didn't know some kind of pain like this could exist in the world. And nine months after losing him, I then lost my cousin in the Parkland school shooting, which is another kind of grief that you can't explain and feels unjust and... It left me in this place of despair where I don't really think I left my house much for about a year and a half. And the times I did leave it was to get help. And I am the kind of person who has no problem asking for help. I believe asking for help is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. I have no desire to pretend to be a hero and that I can handle everything because nobody can handle everything. And I really didn't know how to find my way through this. I had, at that time, a really successful company. I had started the first talent management agency for social media influencers and had taken it from literally this little idea and sitting on the floor of my apartment to about 60 employees and $100 million a year in gross revenue within five, six years. And I 
in, in the space that I was in, I also knew going back to the environment I had created because when, it, when I began, it was really incredible and it was really renegade and we were doing everything differently and we were taking a lot of young women and making things happen for them and changing the system of marketing and advertising and PR. And one day you kind of wake up and you have created these incredible entrepreneurs now who make an enormous amount of money but really aren't the best at saying thank you, please don't let that go public. Um, and I am like a very big into gratitude and, and not feeling that from the environment I had created, just it, it, it made me not want to go back. And I was in so much pain that I left my company and I left, when I tell you, I left every penny on the table. I wanted nothing. I, I honestly didn't think I would survive much longer anyway, not because I was going to do something, but because my heart was so broken. One day my friend Melissa came by with her daughter. Her daughter at the time was 10, and her daughter had slime with her. And I don't, I'm sure that there are some moms or grandmothers or um, adults in this room who are like, oh, no slime. But I grew up with it in the 70s. I was, had a mother who, you know, banned slime after I had to have a lot of unfortunate haircuts and one sofa needed to be replaced. But I, and I knew there was a zeitgeist in this community. And I knew there was this thing called ASMR. I don't know if everybody knows what ASMR is, um, but it stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. It is that sort of hashtag satisfying feeling you get when you either see or hear certain things and it can give you tingles up your spine. Uh, it's like a little bit of a brain massage. So I knew this was this massive thing happening in social media. And I said, Maddie, I want to see your slime. I actually have some with me, so I am going to pull one out. I, she told me to smell the slime, and the slime smelled like Fruit Loop cereal. The minute I smelled it, I was like seven, and I am at the kitchen table, and I am negotiating with my mom because I was only allowed one bowl a month, and obviously I wanted an entire box a day. So I was like, oh my God, I'm seven, I need my Fruit Loops. And then she was showing me like, just, just dig in. So the minute I went like this and took my hand out, I was like, this is nothing like the slime I grew up with. The slime I grew up with was not really playable. It was just jiggly and kind of gross, but I picked up the slime and I started to stretch it. And I thought I was playing with her for about five minutes when her mom, my friend Melissa said, okay, well, we have to go now. And I said, you just got here. She said, you've been sitting on the floor with my daughter for four hours. In those four hours, I was seven. I was this joyful being. I had forgotten every single ounce of pain I was in. It just didn't cross my mind once. And you have to understand me as a person. I was seeing shamans. I was on medication, I had a psychologist, I was in a, a support group, I had another support group. I, I mean, I was seeking help everywhere. I was talking to people at the Zen Center, I talked to a priest, I talked to a rabbi. I just, I needed to understand grief and how you handle it. And this was like the only thing that gave me a smile in about a year and a half. So as she was leaving, I said, where can I have one and where do I get more? She left me with a list of about 50 kids who sell slime online and told me what each one is known for and 
I had to go to their, you know, their drop dates. And I started emailing these kids and I said, listen, kid, I'm an adult. I can't handle the pressure of going to your drop. I do that for sneakers. I'm not doing that for your slime. I will buy one of every one that you make because, you know, in, I, as an adult, like this wasn't a big splurge um, if you just reserve them for me. So before I knew it, I had really made inroads with this community and I was getting like the proactive like links of like, here's all my new slimes. I was just buying all of them because I found myself so excited when my packages came. And I found myself making a secret Instagram account where I was just like making my little hashtag satisfying hand videos. Um, I have a really good friend named Sarah. We've been friends for 16 years. And one of the places where we bonded was our love of contemporary art. You, I mean, you can hear these sounds. Um, she, at the, at the time I was going through something really difficult, she was also going through something really difficult. About a year before I went through my loss, her husband, at the age of 50, had woken up and had bilateral strokes. And it led to a brain injury. And he has since been nonverbal, and he can't do any activities now of daily living. He can't feed himself, he can't go to the bathroom on his own, he can't change himself. He was a TED Talker. So you can imagine somebody who was a TED Talker who now his only words are yes and no. And his hands are sort of stuck in this position, so he has to be fed. He needs 20, he really needs around the clock care. And they have a daughter with a rare genetic syndrome called Angelman syndrome. And the symptoms of Angelman syndrome are that she can't do any activities of daily living. So she also needs to be fed, changed, et cetera. She can't, and she's also nonverbal. Although a side effect of Angelman's is happiness. So she is an incredible ray of sunshine and a, just a beautiful soul. And I, we know she's in there and understands things. We took her to the Barbie movie and she was laughing at all the same parts we were laughing at. We were like, okay, she, she must know. Like, I, I can't wait for like, if they find this cure, which they're working on in the world, to, to hear what she has to say on the other side. I'm ready to plan her TED Talks. But, um, you know, she also has a neurotypical daughter. And her daughter, who is neurotypical at that time, needed so much more attention because it was the feeling of you have to show her the memories of her father speaking because this happened when her daughter was three. She's now 11. And, uh, you know, she's losing her, her dad also. So I called Sarah and said, I need to come over and bring you some slime. And you know, we had had, we were just constantly on the phone having hours and hours of like heavy grieving conversations. So I brought slime to her house. It was the Fruit Loop slime. She had the exact, she was literally like, I am at the table and I am fighting with my brothers over who gets the last ball. I was like, I know, I was negotiating with my mom. And we sat on the floor for hours playing with slime. And then we would see how her two daughters would come to the slime together. And watching that dynamic was so magical and seeing the happiness with her daughter who has special needs was just this like incredibly heartwarming thing. And that began Sarah and me having, it started as weekly play dates and led to daily conversations of all the new slimes. And then for me, what I realized started happening was my creativity started to come back. I started to want to leave my house more and do things again. I, I believe me, I was still crying myself to sleep and I, I 
I w- but I, what I was doing was I was healing little by little. And I also started to think, maybe I could live again. Like, maybe there is another chance for me. And one day Sarah and I were talking and I said, we have to bring this to people. This is not just a kid's toy. And while parents hate it, it's because they don't have the sort of knowledge to say, how do you take care of your slime the way you would a pet and teach your kids the art of responsibility. But that's another mission of mine. We'll get to that after. Uh, I I was like, Sarah, we have to bring this to people. And this is, you know, the, the beginning of the boom of experiential retail. And Sarah and I are both at our core risk takers and go big or go home kind of girls. So we each sort of went to our natural skill sets. Hers is, uh, she, she has a background in hospitality and business management. My background comes from storytelling, marketing, communications, and really understanding social media. Where we meet in the middle is like branding and strategy and sort of having really big visions and because of our bond over contemporary art, we've always been very, very aligned on what we imagine things to look like and feel like and we had gone to so many art performances together over the years and that was this feeling of escape that we knew felt immersive and we wanted people to have in general. And um, she immediately went out and started looking at real estate. I immediately went out and got us a lawyer and had an operating agreement, called the guy who does all my branding for the last 20 something years and said, I don't know what we're gonna call it yet, but I'm giving you a mood board for a new company I wanna do. Start thinking about the branding. He was like, without a name? I'm like, yeah, don't worry, I'll come to the name. Just like, start thinking of logo treatments that are about this. And 12 months later, we opened Slumo Institute in New York City. And we opened this brand with a cause. So it is a ticketed experience, but we're very much married to giving back to mental health and supporting mental health. And we work with Goldie Hawn's Mind Up Foundation, and they're providing tools to educators and administrators and adults so they can have really important conversations for kids who, I mean, they're in so much trouble like with the media and the world and like the things they know at much, 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 much younger ages now. It's, and what social media can do to kids can be kind of dreadful. I mean, it could be dreadful for us adults too. So uh, mental health is really important to us and inclusivity. We express that what, like in, my, in the world of slime, nothing matters when you're playing with slime. Like, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter what you have, it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are. You're in that language of play. And you know when you can see children who don't speak the same language and they come together and you can see them for hours just having a great time, they find their ways of communicating. This, to me, is a way of communicating when two people are in it because you're sharing a scent, you're seeing what it feels like, you're expressing, you're, you're literally just, you can't help but feel like, a little kid again. Um, So for us, having a workforce that is full of neurodiverse people is really important. And when I was saying, when I, earlier is that when we saw that video of like saying, it's about the person after me and the person after me, for Sarah and me, we, I think, have experienced things that are really, really difficult to handle, but these are things that happen to everybody on some level. We're all going to be touched by trauma or loss or, you know, we have friends who are. And it's really easy to be doom and gloom. And I, I was. And 
Um, I'm not saying it's still easy for me, but like every day I sort of have to, you know, I look at reminding myself that I can choose a path of joy. And that didn't happen right away, but creating this world and getting really intentional about why we wanted to create it, having that why became something that drove me into having a second lease at life. And I have a husband again, and I'm, I still think about my late husband, who I actually believe sent this to me. In some weird way, I think he said, this is actually how you can now live your true self, because a lot of my career, um, I was in the hustle of the media world, and I worked with mostly fashion brands, and I love fashion, but it is, it, you can get caught up in the superficiality of it very easily, and you can easily find moments of like, you losing all sense of your soul, uh, because you're focusing on these superficial things. When you're playing with slime, you, you're not pretty. It's, 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 you know, it's not about wearing nice clothes, and you definitely don't want a nice handbag. Um, and by the way, parents, any adult, if it is all over anything, it will come out with white vinegar and water, so please do not try anything else, because that's when you'll ruin it. But white vinegar and water, that's my big PSA. Uh, it will come out of your sofa, your, your clothes, your rugs, hair, anything. Um, but we created Slumu with those two missions because I think, especially on, on the neurodiverse side, so many parents are now hearing other people tell them there is no home for their kid in, in the workforce or in the world. 85% of adults with autism don't find jobs. And we want families and people who come to our world to walk in and recognize the people who are there and say, oh, there is a home for, uh, and, a, and a future for my child, or my friend, or my cousin. And you, you, know, you can see every, every walk of life in our space, not only as guests, but who work there, and work there at all levels, not just on the floor greeting people or as slime tenders, but also on the corporate level, which is a big part of our mission. So, Anyway, I give you this because I think that our personal stories and what we've been through and the way that we use them to create something new are what the brand is really about. Because on paper, it is this really joyful, colorful, glossy, fun. I mean, it is fun, but it's for a reason and it has that meaning. And we really love to share that meaning because we want other people and to know that you can create meaning in your life from the hardest of things. So, that said, we're bringing this little magical universe to Houston and already meeting with uh, organizations in Houston to help us fill some positions for people who are neurodiverse and working with how do we connect with the community because our tickets, are, I'm not going to lie, they're not really that cheap and it's because we have an enormous amount of overhead. We have a 23,000 square foot space. We make all of the slime on the premises. You'll have 35 people working on the floor on a busy day, plus another 10 to maybe even 15, making the slime all day in our industrial mixers in our quote unquote kitchen, um, city block worth of Elmer's glue. And, uh, you know, but, but regularly we, we really always want to bring in an underserved community, whether it's through a special needs group or 
a school or a charity, but being able to give other families the opportunity to have the, the play moments in addition to having people buy tickets is, is something that I think no matter what happens, like will always be important to us. And I will often choose that over an extra bit of profit because the soul of what we do is where I personally get a lot of my healing. And a lot of my joy is knowing that we're giving that to other people and knowing that like life is hard and we should just all squeeze slime. <laughs> and we work with a, a children's psychiatrist um, who really kind of is the voice of efficacy because there's there so many studies around play and the importance of play. I think as adults, we lose that muscle and it is so important to flex it again because I don't know if you ask yourself, when was the last time you really played? Like you just let all that crap in the world go and like got in touch with that inner four or five, six, seven year old who just got excited from a song and thought about nothing else and who didn't, you know, think about how there, there's no self-consciousness. And when, when we find when people come visit us, within probably 10, 15 minutes, their phones wind up going in their back pocket and they're connecting. And on one level, it's amazing. On another level, I'm like, oh wait, I want my user-generated content, so bring your phone back out, but not, but not, you know. I'm just, that's, my, that's my little selfish voice, being like, uh, can you please make a video and post that? Um, but, you know, that, that, that way of connecting with people is, is that's what matters in life. No one's gonna go to the end of their lives and think, oh, I wish I did anything more other than connect with the people they love and meet great people and get inspired by them. So when you're squeezing around a slime bat that might smell like birthday cake, it becomes this really joyful moment and this memory. And when you come to our space and there's about 90 minutes to two hours of things to do that will, which is hard to believe you can do with this, but you can because our world, it's really about tapping into your senses. And when we were talking to the psychiatrist about why, she was explaining that when you are really present in your sense of sight, your sense of touch, your sense of sound, your, sen your you know, everything but eating, it's really hard for your brain to go elsewhere. So I am hoping that some of this encourages you to give yourselves permission to play, which is, I love that phrase, which you, she, Marie Kelly is over there, she's with me, she's our head of marketing and partnerships and um, helped get me here today and came up with that saying, permission to play, which is ultimately what Slumo Institute is about. We open next month. Um, not trying to come out here and be like, come buy tickets and advertise. I, I, I really want to spread love in this community and all the communities around and, and then have them share it too. And, and I really want parents to stop saying no slime in the house because this is a really important tool for family connection. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next Thursday at 6 p.m. For more information about the Chamber and our podcast, please visit us at ghwcc.org.